Welcome to the Journey to Cloud9 podcast, where we ask nine questions to amazing people around the world about how they live lives full of meaning and purpose. On today's episode, Jordan interviews Sha N Yao. Sha N is a positive psychology expert that seeks to educate people on the fact that happiness is learnable and thus teachable. To find out more about Sha N and her work, check out the link in the show notes. Well, let's just let's get right to it. Let's do a little word association. What is the first thing you think of when you hear the phrase cloud nine? Well, I think of a happy place. A happy place. So what, what's yeah. the first thing you think of when you hear the entire phrase, the journey to cloud nine? It sounds like something very spiritual. Okay. And, and uh, yeah. What's finally, what, what's the first thing you think of when you hear the whole phrase, living life on cloud nine? Wow. It just makes me smile. <laughs> you know, it must be a very floaty experience, you know. <laughs> smiling, floaty experience. That's great. So when you are experiencing cloud nine, whatever it means to you, mm-hmm. can you walk us through a little bit of the emotions that you think are coming over you? What are some of the words that you're going to be uh, using to describe this feeling? What are some of the maybe the facial expressions that might may be coming over you when you are in the midst or looking back on a cloud nine experience? I think it's gratitude um, in terms of, it's like that kind of appreciation for life. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, and you know, the facial expression is kind of, well, I can do it for you, but yeah. it's something like, you know, you close your eyes and you put your hand on your heart and you kind of just allow yourself to, be in that space and it's very it's a light warm i feel like almost there's a glow around it um you know that's the kind of sensation that i have when i think about a cloud nine experience that sounds Um, really sounds really nice um it sounds like you're very content in that moment Mm, exactly yeah okay um do you have any particular practices that help you wake up on cloud nine every day? I think it's, I think it's just being very present, mm-hmm. you know, just being very present to every moment of the day and, and, and cherishing. And I think one thing that I always ask myself is, and it, it may sound morbid, but I ask myself, well, what if today was the last day I had to, you know, right. And that immediately brings me into a state of being very present, uh, whether it's with my children, you know, having a conversation, yeah. having a cup of coffee. Um, I know that if this was my last day, I'd want every single moment to be something I can remember. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, that I think that helps me a lot to to come into a cloud nine feeling. That's beautiful, and and yeah. I feel the same way. This this follow up question is going to get deep, but let's do it. Um, I do the same thing that you did before because mm-hmm. I think about mortality in regard to living a meaningful life as well. And I, I view my life like anything can happen to anybody at any time. So, mm-hmm. but when I say that to other people, I preface it in the same way that you did. I say, this may sound morbid, but <laughs> why do you think we feel the urge to do that? Why do, why do we have to preface it with that qualifier i think and and for somebody who does positive psychology i think people always expect 
that anything that comes out from my mouth is either a smile or something positive. Mm. <laughs> and so death to many people is not a positive thing and it has, um, I guess, some stigma attached to it um, across all cultures, mm-hmm. right? And so I guess when we're talking to people and we are trying to explain certain things, we say that just in case for some people, they're not ready to hear that word peppered yeah. in a normal conversation, right? <laughs> right? So I think that that's why I do it anyway. I, I don't want to make the assumption that the receiver who's listening to me will understand and see things the way that I do because they may not have had the same experiences as I Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree. It's more I'm saying it for the other person than I'm saying it mm. for like, I know I'm very comfortable talking about it in that way, but they, mm-hmm. if I don't know them well, they may not be. So that, that qualifier is really just like a heads up kind of. Uh, but I, <laughs> the next time you and I want to talk about death, we, can, we don't have to warn each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So moving right along, um, if, do you do daily reflections at the end of your day? Do you have like a nighttime routine where you reflect on the day? Yeah, I, before I, I mean, after I tuck my kids in and I'm lying in bed, that's when I, I don't drop off to bed immediately. I just lie there and I do my gratitude, you know, what's went, what's gone well. I think about, and I have this mantra for myself and that is, you know, be a better person every day. And by better, I mean better than the version that was the day before. Yeah. You know, I'm not comparing to anybody else, but who I was that day. Yeah. And I think about, okay, you know, could I have been a little bit more loving and patient? And it's not like a, a, a goal that I need to set in a way that it's, there's a lot of tension, but it's kind of just a gentle and loving way to say, you know, did I get irritated way too quickly? Could I have, you know, caught myself? Um, what are some things I did well as well? You know, so it's kind of like a holistic right. way of looking back on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't take very long. Right. After that, it allows me to drift off to sleep a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important that you do that, asking yourself those questions, then getting more, not just was I better today than I was yesterday, it's pretty general, but then getting more specific mm. with it. Um, and, and then Daniel Pink does something else, or he has a mentality around this that I really value as well. Mm. It's that it, it gives a little leeway, right? And, and the goal isn't necessarily to ensure that every single day you're saying yes right i was better today than i was yesterday i was better today than it was yesterday sometimes you just mm. it off right you may say no yeah. but for for what he says is that the goal is not to have a string of no days in a row right mm. so take notice if like three days in a row you were worse than you were the day before like right. that that's when you hit the alarm button right so i i love yes, yes. you do that and, and i do the same and, and that i i give myself that you know if i have the no streak i need to really take note but but the reason the other reason i asked that question is because when you're doing your gratitudes at the end of the, the mm. day and you look back and you say wow today was a, exceptional it, it was a true cloud night mm. What do you think had to have happened throughout the day for you to say that it was such a cloud nine experience? I think it's just a a quality connection with somebody that matters to me. Yeah. You know, it could just be a friend um, that I haven't met in a long time or even a new friend, you know, a new acquaintance that I've met. But it was a high quality um, connection in the sense that we're both invested, we're both present, 
mm-hmm. and you could you you know that time flew in that whatever time that you spent together and right. to me that that qualifies as a good day yeah you know yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree quick follow-up <laughs> um with the current world situation human mm-hmm. connection in the physical sense is going to be limited do you believe that there's a difference in the quality of connection between how you and I are right now versus if you and I were sitting across from each other at a coffee shop? Well, I think there are differences, but it, the differences should not hinder too much in terms of the quality of the connection because I could have this conversation with you and be looking at my phone and it would feel totally the same if you were sitting in front of me. That's right. right? Um, and people do that constantly with their loved ones at cafes yeah. anyway. I don't know if that happens in the States, but I see it in Singapore a lot. Right. Um, and I think with the current situation, I don't, for me personally, it has, it has heightened my awareness that, hey, you know, um, my loved one is really precious to me. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I miss them. And if I can't see some of my friends whom I could see daily, even though Singapore is such a small place, we are having online conversations with people in Singapore. Yeah. then I think I even cherish those conversations even more right. because I can't even see them and they're just 10 minutes away, for example. Right. You know? That's right. So, yeah, I don't think it should hinder too much. Mm-hmm. I think more of it's in our mind. Like, if we're not used to connecting that way, then we may feel that there is a barrier. That's right. But the, the it's just a matter of getting used to it. Is where it's most important. Yeah. Um, I've been doing some studying about the connection between meals and food and meaning and fulfillment and connection and and all the beauty that can surround uh food and and technology really so i want to ask you about a cloud nine meal experience that you've had or one that you may dream about having oh (laughs) i think it was uh just two years ago when we were in japan uh-huh. And we went into this, like my daughter loves to eat yakitori, you know, those meat on a stick. And it's, and you know, here in Singapore, yakitori is very clean and, um, and then you don't feel the smoke after you come out. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure what to expect in Japan. So yeah. <laughs> um, we went into this really crowded izakaya uh-huh. and it was filled with smoke of two kinds, food kind and smoking kind. Like they don't, yeah. And my first instinct was like, oh, my kids shouldn't be exposed to this kind of smoke. Okay. But then I thought, ah, heck, we're in Japan. Yeah. We'll do as the Japanese do. And we went yeah. in with all our winter clothing. And, uh-huh. yeah, and it was just such an interesting experience to be eating the cuisine in its own country. Wow. Yeah, because you could, as you, you did, the food came out, it's like it's served by a lady who's wearing the Japanese kimono. Yeah. And then you have the sticks come out. And then my right. kids are eating with gusto. Yeah. Yeah, and you're just so into it, you know, that you forget all the normal things that a mother would say, like, don't eat that, don't eat that. (laughs) Wash your hands, you know, of course. Um, Yeah, so I think to me, that was a real cool experience. That is cool. And, you know, like the theme, I'm always trying to pick up on themes for for that one. It's like it took you outside of your normal world, right? You said you weren't saying the the things that your normal motherly self would say you were just like <laughs> emphasizing you were so immersed in the experience that mm-hmm. you continued to to let it be right to, to be present there with your kids and, and enjoying the food so that's great um if you could project years and years into the future and you're looking back 
on the life that you lived and you have the opportunity mm. to say, this has been a truly cloud nine life. Do you mm. think there are any experiences that you have to still have that you're waiting for? Or do you think there's any key themes you want to continue to, to emphasize for you to, to share that years down the road? Yeah, I think it would be, you know, it's interesting you asked that. And like this year, I, every year at the start of every year, I, I set a word for myself as an intention for how I want to live that, that year. Yeah. And this year, my word was venture. Venture. Yeah, cool. like venture out, whether it was with my business, whether it was trying new things to new places. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that's a theme that I think really excites me. And I think something that's going to go into my future as well. And, you know, we are from a very small country which means that, you know, we exhaust any kind of um, activity very quickly. (laughs) And so I've always wanted to see more of the world and experience novel, novel things, try and meet new people, understand what, how people live on another side of the world. So to me, I think that is that there's still so much more of that to be done. Right. Um, I'm grateful that I've done quite a lot of it already. Yeah. But it gives me, confirmation that all those new experiences that I've had that were in the past could be something in my future as well. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to to those pieces. I love that. That's amazing. So can you share with us all a a story about a time that you truly felt like you were on cloud nine? Mm. Yeah, it was um, recently. So I, every two years, my family and I, we make a, huge massive trip to somewhere in the world in in recent years it's been australia because it's so near to us yeah and our most recent trip was in tasmania 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 is a uh, small little part of australia Uh southernmost state um an island Uh and i had been there 10 years ago when i was pregnant with my daughter Uh so i was able to get go back again this time and i remember um one of the evenings while some of our family, there were 20 of us. Um, some of them were cooking um, yeah. and the sun was setting and it was shining on the house and we were just right by the river. Yeah. And I'm a huge nature person. Yeah. And um, it was just beautiful temperature, 20 something degrees Celsius. Um, and I could just go out with a t-shirt and I brought my, my daughter and her, her cousin, so my niece, mm-hmm. and we just went for a long walk by the river with my husband uh-huh. and the kids were in their own world. So, and we could have a chance to just be with each other Yeah. by this beautiful scenery without a care in the world, you know, no mobile phones, mm-hmm. um, no distractions and yeah. just everything was new because we had never been to that part of Tasmania before. Right. You know, and um, yeah, I think it was just like, you felt like you were one with the world, you know, there that, that's what I felt like. And, and time just passed slowly, but mm-hmm. it was in a beautiful way where you could savor every moment. Wow. Um, yeah, I just wanted it to last forever, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's definitely an indicator of a cloud nine moment. One, you just don't yeah. you could be there forever. Um, wow, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Do you have any, you know, like we said before, you're a positive psychologist, right? So everybody mm-hmm. expects you to have smiles and rainbows circulating from your, your, (laughs) 
So, uh, but that's obviously not the case, right? So mm-hmm. you may be feeling off on a particular day, right? Or, or something comes up in adversity, right? Do you mm-hmm. have any tangible practices that reframe your mindset to get back to this cloud nine mentality? Yeah, I think it's, well, number one, I allow myself to sit with the negative emotion. Mm. I mean, there's always that temptation to push it away and go and distract yourself and do something. But I've learned over the years that as with a positive emotion, it's also good to sit with negative emotion because then I know what it feels like and it kind of becomes my friend. It's Mm. weird to say that, I don't know, but better. And therefore, um, I recognize that it's there. And then the next thing is I take a deep breath, like a deep and long breath Mm. um, until I feel like I'm getting calmer. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's one breath is enough. Sometimes I have to sit for like five minutes. Um, But that normally brings me back into at least a neutral space. Right. Right? And then um, I ask myself, well, what is something that I can control that I can do in this moment? And what what, what is something I can't control? You know, and I find that only after I've done the breath and acknowledged that I'm in that space that when I ask this question, I'm much clearer as to the actions that I can take that would make me feel better and the actions I should no longer pursue (laughs) because they're out of my control. Wow. Amazing. So, so, so grateful for for that response because it's so tangible, right? Sit with the emotion, take a deep breath. Mm figure out something you can control, understand what you can't control, right? So it could be that easy, you know? Um, (laughs) Yes, uh, disclaimer, it takes time to (laughs) get into the the flow and the process. (laughs) So the last question I have for you is, um, if you could paint a picture or think about right now, somebody in your life, a friend, a colleague, a client, whoever it may be, who is experiencing a bit of cloud nine turmoil at the moment. Mm. Maybe they're just somebody who's never really on cloud nine, you know, that we know those kinds of people. Um, but they really want to get there and you really want to help, right? So mm. what is just the first very simple step you would take this person on to begin their journey to cloud nine? Yeah, I think it would be, and I did this a lot when I was going through my own turmoil, and that is just to write right. with a pen and paper. Okay. Um, there's a lot of research from uh, Penny Baker to say that writing is healing, mm. and I truly believe that. Um, yeah. So yeah, just you know, write without restriction. I think sometimes we expect ourselves to write beautifully, perfectly, grammatically correct, but yeah. you know, just let it out. I think sometimes turmoil is caused because we, we hold so many things in or we refuse to let go of the hurt or whatever it is that's, that's impacting us. So writing allows us to get it all out. Yeah. Um, no censorship, no restriction on time. You know, and then if you want, you can just throw it away after that because mm-hmm. there's no judgment. Nobody's going to read it. You don't even have to read your own writing and you can throw it away and then the next, you know, notice how you feel when you do that. And then maybe the next day do it again about the same incident, you know, and you just go through it as a process. Um, And I think that writing in a way, it activates a different part of the brain than talking about it. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You know, many people aren't ready to talk. Right. And therefore, you say, go to a counselor, and they're like, what am I going to say? Yeah. You know, yeah. But if you write it out, you know, nobody's going to actually listen to you. But it's more of just emotionally jumping it out so that it doesn't cloud up what's in your heart or in your head. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for the wonderful strategies, the wonderful stories, and the wonderful interpretation of how you live your cloud nine life. So you're welcome, Jordan. Thank you. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Journey to Cloud9 podcast. For more info on everything Cloud9, check out the Journey to Cloud9 website and Jordan's new book, Journey to Cloud9, now available on Amazon. Links are in the show notes.